Welcome to the Moving Forward Podcast. This is your host, Corey Cottrell. Uh, and of course, we have my good buddy, Rio. Hey, guys. And uh, so today we're going to do uh, uh, policies around uh, net neutrality, data ownership, uh, and uh, crypto and digital asset regulations, uh, because that's just kind of the nerdy stuff uh, that we do around here. Uh, anyway, while uh, Rio pours that into his, uh, uh, pours some coffee into his bougie cup, I'm just like jealous that you have more coffee. I ran out, which is so sad. Anyway. Yeah, that's my third French press this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only went through, only went through two. Just such, I'm such a, a, you know, lightweight. Anyway, uh, so for net neutrality, we'll just start digging in here. Um, if not the most significant technological development of the past 50 years, the internet is certainly somewhere at the top of the list. It's enabled an unprecedented dissemination of knowledge to the vast majority of Americans, while also becoming an integral part of our economy and the way we entertain ourselves. It's an essential part of our modern lives. The repeal of net neutrality protections threatens the free internet for all Americans. It is imperative that we protect the technology so that all Americans can continue to enjoy unfettered and affordable access to the internet. On top of keeping ISPs classified under Title II, competition should be increased through local loop unbundling. Uh, this would provide startups with access to the expensive final wires connecting the internet backbone to residences so that they can innovate and compete in an otherwise stifled market. By doing so, prices will come down and away from their current monopoly levels and thus increase internet access further. Uh, so from the book, whoever has the most money or clout is a terrible way to decide who gets the most bandwidth on the internet. Thank you. Uh, net neutrality has uh, served us well and should continue to be the law. Uh, I will make it so as president. Of course, that's uh, Andrew Yang. Uh, as uh, president, uh, Andrew Yang will appoint members to the FCC that will immediately reclassify ISPs under Title II of the Communications Act, thus allowing the FCC to regulate them and reinforce net neutrality. Want to touch on that? Jeez, I mean, I'm just glad that like we have somebody running for president who is not 70 because like, right? I mean, it's it's the fact that this issue is even on his radar is already puts him ahead of the pack. I mean, um, I'm not I'm not an expert on 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 these issues. Um, Yang is probably closer to an expert on them than I am, um, but he is at least talking about them. I mean, so like my, my takeaway on this is I just want to make sure that the person we nominate at least knows this is an issue and this is a problem. Um, you know, not all older people are as um, clueless as Trump. I would put, I suspect Sanders is like slightly less clueless than Trump and Warren is much less clueless than Trump. So they would both be an improvement over Trump as far as understanding technology goes. But um, Sanders is, um, still light years behind Yang and, and um, even Warren is. So yeah, I've been like, just I want somebody who is on paying attention to the 21st century economy. And, and like, if you, if, you, if you let the internet be the wild west, where there's like, um, where the government just doesn't have any understanding what's going on there, that's going to come back and bite you in the ass. You've got to like be on top of what's going on with modern technology. Yeah, it, it, ends, up, it ends up allowing... Uh, so the local loop unbundling, I just had to Google it just to remind myself what the hell it actually is. So basically you have, uh, um, you know, telecommunications, local telecommunications companies uh, that are allowing access to sort of the last, uh, the last mile, actually the last hundred yards to, uh, to your house. Right. Um, and so companies are having a really, really hard time competing uh, because Verizon will basically come in and buy up the whole thing. 
like it ends up it ends up getting uh, uh, completely and totally bundled. So there's actually no way for uh, uh, for new companies to uh, uh, to come in. So there's no there's no basis for 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 competition, right? Um, and they've even been so you know to your point, right? Like the the uh, uh, Warren and Sanders, I think, have good people around them that can kind of explain this stuff to them. Andrew Yang inherently understands it as as you know uh, uh, somebody who's come from the tech uh, industry. When you know he talks about uh, uh, net neutrality, he'll actually be able to explain why it's actually needed, right? Like the whole the whole idea that there are now cities that are going to uh, uh, to their own municipal broadband um, and giant uh, telecommunications corporations that are trying to basically rat fuck that out of existence because they want to keep their monopoly and overcharging things. The municipalities that are doing that are getting internet speeds that are 10 to a hundred times faster than what they can get, you know, uh, 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 from, you know, a County, uh, down the road or whatever. And these like Comcast and other companies just want to make that not happen because they want to maintain their monopoly on shit service. Uh, and so anyway, Yang completely totally understands that and would be unbottling and doing the, the basic things at the FCC that he actually could do, uh, to, uh, uh to, I think, make it a lot more of a competitive environment. The, the, the funny thing is I, it's actually the small government position is what, is what Yang is advocating there. Right. Mm-hmm. He's, 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 he's saying like, we should let the um, market kind of regulate itself in the, in, in as far as, as far as the internet is concerned, because whereas what, um, you know, uh, opponents of net neutrality want, I mean, neutrality says it all. What opponents of net neutrality want is they want the government to privilege, you know, companies that already have a massive advantage in the market. It's a yep. terrible idea. Yeah. I mean that, yeah. Call me, call me a small government conservative. <coughs> I mentioned this timeline was drunk, right? <laughs> um, well, I mean, part of the problem is that people, people, you know, there's more than one way to be big government and yeah. Pr- privileging massive corporations. Some people might call that right wing, whatever it is, it's certainly not small government, right? That is, that is a terrible, it's just the government should be neutral, not, you know, going out of its way to privilege. I mean, you know, people on the left might want the government to privilege the little guy. Privileging the big guy is truly a stupid thing to do because the big guy already has an advantage. I mean, that's just fucked up five ways till yesterday. Yep. That, that saying is now going to be completely and totally accurate. (laughs) <laughs> fucked no. up five ways to yesterday needs yep. to be somebody's ringtone. That's that's, yeah. that, that's just fucked up five ways to yesterday. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, data as a property right. Uh, we had a long conversation with Nicholas Nilov, who uh, is a sort of science and singularity uh, uh, podcaster. Uh, it was maybe one of our longest episodes. You know, I asked him. You know, I after interviewing a few uh, a few years ago. Uh, you know, about AI and automation and, and technology and that kind of thing. I asked him what, you know, what was on his mind the most? What did he learn the most? Uh, and he went into, I mean, we had a 45 minute discussion about, uh, about the fact that, uh, you know, your data is not owned by you. It's in fact owned by, by corporations and, and by government and can be misused by both. Uh, and it was long ranging. So I urge you guys to go check that out. So just to, 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 to see in context, uh, what Yang is talking about with uh, with data as a property right, go back and, and listen to that very dystopic idea of what happens if you don't. Uh, each of us generates a significant amount of data each day during the normal course of our activities. Our phones and computers track our movement and actions while our browsers and websites track our online activities. Uh, as we've seen, some of the largest tech companies can know more about us and our lives than our families and those closest to us. As of now, that data is owned by the people who collect it. 
and they're allowed to do anything they want with it. They've sold it, used it to target us with advertisements, and they have analyzed the vast quantity of data to draw conclusions on whole populations, allowing them to monetize it. We've also seen it abused. Some companies haven't done enough to protect our data, resulting in breaches that have made our private information insecure. Others have sold it to dis disreputable companies, allowing them to target us for everything from marketing fraudulent services to influencing elections. Uh, companies themselves have asked for better and clearer rules. This needs to stop. Data generated by each individual needs to be owned by them with certain rights conveyed that will allow them to know how it's used and protected. These rights include the right to be informed as to what data will be collected and how it will be used, the right to opt out of data collection or sharing, the right to be told if a website has data on you and what your data is, the right to be forgotten, to have all data related to you deleted upon request, the right to be informed if ownership of your data changes hands, the right to be informed of any data breaches, including your information in a timely manner, the right to download all data in a standardized format to port to another platform. That's so huge. If you think about that, well, that's going to be good. Anyway, so consent should be informed and active. Companies are responsible for ensuring that they collect a positive opt-in uh, uh, from each user before collecting any data. And this opt-in should be accompanied by a clear and easy to understand statement about what data is being collected and how it is going to be used. You can waive these rights and opt-in uh, to sharing your data if you wish for the company's benefit and your own convenience, uh, but then you should receive a share of the economic value generated from your data. Uh, so from the book, data is the new coin of the realm in many industries. In many settings, our data is being sold and resold for large sums without our knowledge. Uh, our data is immensely valuable. We should be able to share in the economic value generated, which could be even higher uh, with our buy-in. So uh, yeah, there's only one at the end. With, uh, as president, Andrew Yang will work with Congress to pass a law establishing data as a property right as defined above. Um, so let's maybe dig it, like, uh, uh, well, give us your 30,000 foot view of this and then I'm, I wanna kinda go back, cause they do, he did sort of the, the item by item thing. I wanna go back to that and sort of hit on each one. Sure. I mean, yeah, no, just in general, like the, the idea that you have ownership of your data um, is, I mean, that's just, it's just about setting the rules for competition, right? So it's not anti-market to do that. And I mean, private, the, the government's role to protect private property is actually a fundamental aspect of what makes modern capitalism work, right? So like w when you buy a house or you buy a car or you buy a stock, the government is there to enforce the law to make sure that your property rights are respected. So this is more a debate of what counts as property rights. And if you decide that you own data related to your life, then then, then that just becomes a new basic rule for the floor of, of, of capitalist competition. It's not anti-capitalist. It's just, it's, um, it's just one way of, you could be a capitalist who supports that or against it, right? So the, I just want to make that really clear for those of us who are in, in favor of free markets and don't want um, the government to control. I mean, actually, if you think about it, like the part of the reason we don't want the government to control the economy is because we want, we're afraid about giving too much power to somebody. Well, right now we're in danger of giving a lot of power to big data. So we need to ask ourselves, like, do we want to have big data have control over our lives or do we want to have control over our own lives? Yeah, I think that that's, that's a really good way to, to, to sum it up. 
<clears throat> uh, so let's maybe go through go through these because I think it'll just sort of let us hone in on specific variants of the uh, of the situation. So the right to be informed, uh, and again, this data rights in general, right? You'll have the right to be informed as to what data will be collected and how it will be used. Uh, so basically, you know, your most things now, like, hey, is it cool if we use all your data? And you're like, yeah, fuck it, I want to play Candy Crush. Um, and you know what they're not telling you is that they're they're literally tracking all of your uh, information or whatever, whatever, whatever. Like, and to the point where you know, things like Siri, things like Google that are kind of always on are tracking every single word that you say. Like that's just, this is a known quantity. Like anytime anyone is sort of tells me about this, you know, they're, they're experiencing this thing where they, you know, uh, talk about something and suddenly they're seeing ads for it on Amazon. It's because it's listening to you about everything all the time. Right. And that data is intensely valuable. Uh, and basically what Andrew Yang is saying is that, A, you should be really, really well informed about how that data is used. And if it ever gets used, then it got used. And then you should be paid for that use, uh, which I think is uh, uh, really, really important. But people really need to understand what's going on. And if there's an economic quotient to it, then suddenly I think there will be uh, uh, some onus. To it. I think it's like a really capitalist thing because it is you know, like that. It's such a I don't know, like the, it, it, it's data that they collect, but it is us. And in this in this realm where we're meshing with technology all the time, um, in a lot of ways, it, it it's 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 going to be just a massive massive market. And if we're not in control of it, it's going to suck. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, it is it's a little bit scary to me. I have to ask myself, like, are we are we tying the hands of companies too much? I mean, shouldn't they be able to gather data? And if they're the ones who invested the money and the time in gathering the data or in buying the data, shouldn't they own it instead of somebody who just happens to be like producing the data by their, their actions? Um, that is something that we have to wrestle with. Um, but at the same time, like, it really does come down to who do you want to have control over your life? Do you want to have big data controlling your life or do you want to control your own? And, and my, my own personal set of values is that I want to empower the individual. I want individuals to have maximum freedom. And I think that the, the freedom of an individual person to go through their life without being manipulated by, uh, um, you know, a puppet master of big data controlling their strings. Um, that just, for me, that just overrides the freedom of a handful of people to, massively profit off of it well this yeah this talks about the next right the right to opt out of data collection or sharing uh mm-hmm. so again you know assuming that you own your own data which which you know i, I think is, it, we could philosophically get into it but i think you know especially as we're all meshed on the on the internet i think it's it's, it's sort of more uh, uh contrasted uh, that opt-out thing just kind of takes care of it and to your point like that agency thing is, is huge, right? Yeah. Right now, we don't have any agency because people just say like, hey, can we do this? And, you know, it's like the freaking uh, uh, Apple uh, user agreement that says like, oh, by the way, we are actually going to take your firstborn. <laughs> Here's your iPhone. You know, like it just, it, it needs to be more clear and I think this would be a really good way to do it. So uh, the right to be told if a website has data on you and what that data is. Uh, so basically anytime you want to request it because I think the what that data is part of that would surprise the fuck out of the vast majority of people. Um, the right to be forgotten to have all data related to you deleted upon request. Um, I think that would be uh, uh, pretty intense. What do you think about that one, Rio? Um, well, uh, some countries in Europe already have that. Uh, and it, it can cause some complications, but I mean, I guess the fact that it exists over there shows that it's doable. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, um, there, there, there have some, been some cases where, like, for example, uh, maybe a, um, you know, somebody searches for somebody's name 
on Google and it brings up, um, you know, a story that m makes them look bad, right? And like, let's say they're a politician or maybe they're Donald Trump or whatever, right? And they want to, they want that to be forgotten, right? So like, you also have to balance this with like the rights of the free press to publish stories about people, et cetera, right? And so the way, the way that Europe has done it is they, they try to split the difference. And, and unfortunately, there's no way of getting around this. You kind of just have to have a tribunal who has the responsibility of making this determination. Right. But basically, um, they, they say like, you know, if it's a true story, if you, if, if it's a true story about you, then you don't have the right to demand that that story get taken down. And we have to make sure we separate the freedom of the press to, to tell the truth about public figures uh, versus the right of, of, of individuals to quote, be forgotten. So you have to balance those two things. Yeah, that's, that's okay. Okay, Rio. Okay. Okay. Uh, so the right to be informed if ownership of your data changes hands. Um, you know, somebody's, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we need to go through this item by item because I mean, yes, it's yeah. just more or less all I the mean, same like thing. It's, well, you know, and, and this is, this is again, where I come back to, I'm not an expert on this and Yang is much more of an expert than I am. And I trust him to listen to experts, but like, obviously these are really complicated things. Like, what would that mean? I mean, um, what, so what we have to do is we have to ask ourselves, like, um, do we trust Yang to make these decisions? It's really ultimately what it comes down for me because like that is a complicated thing. I don't know. I mean, what does that mean? So you're going to get a notification it's, on your iPhone that says like Facebook wants to share your information with Google. Are you okay with that? They, well, here's the thing. They, if you own it, um, it's on your itemized bill. If Facebook sold all your data or XYZ data to, uh, uh, to Google uh, and they just paid you six bucks, right? Right, right, right. If, yeah. And, and if you would I, like to... Yeah, right? that's, if you that's want to a, opt out or whatever, that's a different. Yeah, that's that's to me. I actually kind of hate that idea. Like, I, I, really? I don't. I yeah, I don't think I don't think that we should be directly paying people for data going just because it's really complicated and it's, it's all this not little minutia. Blockchain. Well, it's actually really easy. What I was going to say really is, is what I was going to say is instead of that, I, I personally think that the freedom dividend, um, especially tied to GDP growth, et cetera, is kind of a, a clean, simple no bureaucracy or very low bureaucracy way of handling this. Like part of the way that people are justifying a freedom dividend is by saying like, look, all these companies are profiting off of our data. Like we deserve a cut of that. So I would rather just see a clean, simple system where it's like, you know, like, yes, first of all, you have, you, you have the right to like, to say I opt in or I opt yeah. out and all of these things. I, I, but I think that as far as compensating people for it goes, I think the dividend might be the cleanest, most low bureaucracy way of doing that. So there wouldn't, you wouldn't need, you wouldn't need a bureaucracy at all. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, yeah. No, 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 I, I no, no, do, no. Listen, I do, like, for, I do for, believe for, in the moral argument that they deserve some compensation for it. No, I, I mean, think that, yeah, yeah. Like to actually, like for Facebook selling data and for me to get paid requires zero bureaucracy at all. That's the point I'm trying to make. Like yeah. it, once, once you, because it's all just a database, right? Mm -hmm. once, once you have attached a fiscal, because we, we talk about this in cryptocurrency all the time, right? When, when, once you have a database of things and you've created uh, um, uh, an infallible semi-public uh, uh, chain to basically track that kind of stuff, it automatically goes to all of those accounts depending on what you do to the actual database. It's literally one piece of software that would just right, work. right, right, right. No, I get, I understand, I understand that. It, the, well, the G, I mean, the VAT is essentially like a way of gathering um, a share of productivity, and you could so you could do something like this, um, like a data dividend or whatever, like our data tax or something like that. Yeah. But what I what I would say is that like instead of instead of tying it directly to like is Corey's data being used versus Rio's data. Like just take all that, put it into a big pool and then like just have that flow into I, yeah. what we're already getting from the government. 
I would agree with that, except that I want agency and understanding of the uses of this ramped way the fuck up. Well, yeah, I, no, I agree. Because if we do, the, if we just throw it into the freedom dividend, no one will care. Like, it'll, it, like it, and, and the abuses that are going on with that will be utterly ignored, right? Like, um, where, but, where well, there's I mean, a way to have a direct way, relationship between... I'm, I'm saying that, like, people being, in, people being informed about it and people being... I mean, okay, so, like, what is this? Like, you say it's not bureaucracy? I don't know. I mean, like, in practice, so you've got a company... Um, you've got a company like Facebook, which deals with, like, tons and tons of data every single day, right? Yep. They're going to have to, like, keep track of whose data they're using for this or that and then... Well, and, and they do. Well, no, I know that, but like what I'm saying is like, and then tie it to a, an, an amount, right? So like Corey gets six cents today, Rio gets five cents today. That's, um, and, and it's, uh, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's like, if you, if you, if you really own your data, then you should be investing it and, and, and benefiting from it via your own decisions, right? Where as opposed to benefiting from somebody else, I guess you could say it's like owning a stock or something. It's like, but I'm just saying like these issues are actually, like, well, imagine somebody's trying to like, they're trying to budget their, their household expenses, right? Now, if you know that you have dividends coming in from a company that you consciously invested in, that's a fairly like specific thing. But like, you're just got some months you get this much money, some months you get that much money because of something that you know nothing about that you have absolutely no control over. Well, no, that's, that's the whole thing. The rest of the ideas are, are, are basically suggesting that you would have control. You have opt-in, opt-out. Like, and and also, like, think about you're investing your time. Like, this how is, realistic this is, is it that the average person is going to become an expert in data? How much money you want to make? <laughs> just, I find right? this like, idea... You, like the, no, the market... I, this, to me, falls in the category of a little bit over the top, a little out there. I, I think that you could just, I would prefer that you just, you just use this argument as one of the justifications for a freedom dividend. And yes, obviously you need to be, you need to have the right to say like, I want to be forgotten by data. I have you know, right. I, that sort of stuff. I just don't, I just don't see the need to like send, make like millions and billions of one cent transactions here and there every day. I would rather have the clean simplicity of just, as data, as data makes us more money, the, the, the VAT gathers it, and then we share, we share the, uh, the benefits of that because everybody deserves to be right. As a principle, I think that maybe the, a couple differences, and you can tell me if I'm, if I'm off base here. I fundamentally believe that the data that I'm creating is something that I should own, period. I don't know right. about, and, but like, I mean, but what does that mean exactly? Like, but owning data, I mean, like, okay, so if I go out and I measure how tall a tree is, does, does the tree own the data or do I? The tree own? is not a sentient human being on the internet. Okay, but like, a doctor, like, measures a person's leg and now, like, now yes. they know how long, I, I think that's silly. I think that's silly. Well, here's the thing. They're, they're using that to make money for themselves, Right. Which and, is why I, which is why I think it's a good moral justification. It's one of many good moral justifications for a freedom dividend. Yeah, I just don't. I don't think that you need to go so far as to say that you own the data. To simply just say like that, um, I think that you can split the difference. Is what I'm saying. Like, I, I, like the qu question of ownership is separate from the question of compensation. Is separate from the question of understanding. It's really complicated. I don't pretend to be an expert on it. I think that like the freedom dividend is a really simple way of compensating everybody equally for the fact that the economy is benefiting from all of this data. What if, um, 
it's weird because I'm, I'm making I'm making the pro markets pro agency uh, pro property <laughs> rights argument, which is this is a strange strange timeline indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about the investing thing that really sort of uh, uh, chopped out at me a little bit. So, you know, if if we knew that we owned our own data, and if Facebook was paying more for it than Instagram, wouldn't we hang on on Facebook? Right, and it's still opt in, opt out. You know, you still have all those basic rules. Um, but it, it, it really does speak to the fact that, that I, yeah, that's, I, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess like, I guess like get a thousand times worse, right? The amount yeah. of data that is being collected, like yeah. the, right now there's no throttles on that whatsoever. Just having it be a pie that automatically goes into the freedom net or something. Like, I, you know, I could, I could come around to that argument. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just trying, I'm just saying like, I mean, we, we've, we've talked about this before, right? Like we're going through all of Yang's policies and they're really interesting because they give us a sense of how the guy thinks and yeah. Everything and part of what I like about his policies is even though he has a lot of them, they all kind of coalesce around us a single unified worldview. They they're related to each other and like they're they're like pieces in a puzzle that fit together nicely, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so part of the way that I see that I, I'm just saying that like in practice it might be simpler to if you just have a set amount of money that's coming from the government, the government just has to send the one check, not billions of individual like um, deposits of few pennies at a time into your account those 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 deposits are going to be happening in one way or another because it's being gathered by the government in order to then disseminate it through a dividend right yeah like i mean yeah i guess some people's data is going to be more valuable than other people's data and 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 there really is a genuine market argument to be had about whether or not the person who who put in the time and effort and money and investment in order to gather the data owns it versus somebody who just happens to exist well and it would be inherently shared right like i'm like if you sell my data i don't want all the money Right, but like, yeah, or maybe we do but, what Nikolai suggested and just make it illegal to sell the data. I mean, I, 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 I that see that that and that won't happen. There's there's so many interagency things that yeah. that that uh, that is it again an anti market way to deal with the situation. I mean, it is or it isn't. Like, what like I said, being pro market means you want fair rules for competition that apply to everybody. But there's still rules to for, to the game, right? Right, of course. And so you could you that's just a debate about whether or not to make that one of the rules of the game. Fair enough. I, uh, I, I, um, I guess I'm just saying like, I may, maybe you've thought about all of this more than I have. I've thought about uh, this a lot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So maybe I'll defer, I'll defer to your, your judgment on it then kind of like I'm deferring to Yang's. Um, I just don't want to pretend to be an expert on something I'm not an expert on. I'm, I, I just, as somebody who, who finds bureaucracy frustrating and, and, um, and, yeah. and who wants to kind of streamline the government, all of this to me just sounds I, yeah, I, I, if (laughs) I think if I could, if I could just port my understanding of how blockchain would solve this problem into your brain, I think that might, uh, 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 change. Uh, But again, like this is a brand new technology, Uh, you know, it it would in the interim, to your point, it would be a lot easier to sell it to everybody by just saying, Hey, it's going to get thrown into the freedom doing it or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it it really, it could be done with a properly orchestrated, uh, uh, blockchain without ever having any bureaucracy whatsoever. Well, and also, and, but and, I guess I'm also just wondering like why, why, why prevent the, I guess, I guess like you could have a market where the people who are putting in the work and that they're investing the time and the money um, and the effort and the expertise into gathering the data deserve to profit some from that. Right? Well, that's, so, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I want to have a world where they're profiting, but also we are also compensating people who are being farmed, so to speak for their data. Right. And that, that's exactly both this. Of those things. Yeah. Hundred percent. So, yeah. like, when we say data ownership, like, if you sell, if you know, Facebook sell wants to sell that data, they're not going to give us a hundred percent of what they get. 
Okay, that now now we're now now that I, I that's actually a detail that I didn't understand. So thanks okay. for clarifying that. Yeah, no, that makes way more sense to me. And I right. just personally think that that you know throwing it into a pot that grows the dividend so that everybody's getting getting a share, kind of like you do with a corporation. Where I mean, except in the in this case, I guess we're all equal shareholders in it. Right. I personally think that's an easier narrative to sell to voters and and probably more likely to pass because, like we've talked about before, Trump or um, Yang is not going. He's not going to pass all one hundred and four. Of his policies, right? So I, I'm just you saying. Shut like, up! Yes, it is. Realistically speaking, I think that the freedom dividend is going to happen if he becomes president, and I think that one of the many justifications for it is this idea that you deserve to, some compensation for by virtue of the fact that you're being farmed for all this. Value. Right. And even if they allowed for 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 opt in and sort of. Uh, transparency rights around it. Oh yeah, be, no, and in terms of the be, transparency and the rights to be forgotten and all of that, I'm yeah. I'm also open to that. I just consider that separate from the compensation. Even issue. like the right to port your data, like that, Facebook would fucking lose its mind because there should be a, there should be sort of a, a an ability to have a comp a competitor come in and where I could just say, hey, listen, like I want to actually take all my content to uh, to to Riocrat, uh, uh book uh, and oh, which is a dumb name, but whatever. Anyway, so uh, speaking of crypto, digital asset regulation and consumer protection, <laughs> that was the worst segue in the history of media, uh, <laughs> cryptocurrencies and digital assets have quickly grown to represent a large amount of value and economic activity. The quick growth, however, has outstripped the government's response. A national framework for regulating these assets has failed to emerge because they have no clue what's going on with several federal agencies claiming conflicting jurisdictions. At the same time, states have come up with a patchwork of varying regulations that make it difficult for the U.S. cryptocurrency markets to compete with those in other jurisdictions, especially China and Europe. I have so much to say about this. Currently, different departments of the federal government consider digital assets as property, commodities, or securities. Some states have uh, onerous regulations in the space, such as New York. Washington is terrified. Uh, navigate, uh, navigating this has had, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Wall Street, sorry. Navigating this has had a chilling effect on the U.S. digital asset market. It's time for the federal government to create clear guidelines as to how cryptocurrency digital assets, uh, as cryptocurrencies and digital asset markets will be treated and regulated so that investment can proceed with all relevant uh, information. Um, so as President uh, Andrew Yang will promote legislation that provides clarity in the cryptocurrency digital asset market space uh, by defining what a token is and when it is a security uh, example, recognizing utility tokens. Uh, for example, uh, Shipple would be a utility token because technically it is a, a discount token for buying uh, stickers. Um, and yes, that's entirely made up, uh, <clears throat> but also accurate. Uh, define which federal agencies have regulatory power over the crypto digital asset space. There is so much mess around this that countries all over the world uh, you brought up like China and, and the European uh, uh, countries that are doing this are leapfrogging us. Like they are, you know, uh, Binance is a really good example. Binance now has really, really onerous uh, requirements for people in the United States that want to trade on their platform that no other country has. Um, and while their market started primarily in the United States, it's now like being literally ceded to China. Like the, the, all the developers are going to, uh, um, to, to different countries to actually start working on this because no one has any clue what the freaking you know ridiculous luddites in congress that have no idea what's going on are going to do and they're basically faced with all the people in wall street that are telling them that you can't do anything with this whatsoever because it messes with our holy stock market 
Yeah, I mean, um, we, we <laughs> this is just an incredibly complicated subject that is just way too um, tech advanced for me. So maybe I'm going to let you can break it down. I mean, I guess like a lot of our listeners are going to be um, more in my shoes than your shoes, Corey. So since you pay attention to all of this and you even have your own um, cryptocurrency and everything, give me a quick crash course on it. Like obviously where, where I'm coming from as a voter is I definitely want my president to be somebody who understands this stuff better than I do. And this really yeah. goes to the heart of like, part of the reason I despise Trump so much is because he's so anti-intellectual, yeah. which just drives me crazy. You should want your president to be smarter than you, you not think. stupider than you, right? right. Like it, it, yeah. the, the idea that there are these people out there who were offended that, that Obama was smarter than them makes me so angry. And they're like, yeah, I just want a regular Joe like me. No, you fucking don't. No, you, you really don't. Smart, educated person in the goddamn White House. <laughs> right, the whole, yeah, like I just—it's like talking, you know, with. Uh, no, I mean, like I'm, I'm, I'm like a fucking I'm, raging I'm, asshole. Who do you read with? Right. I spent 10 years in college. I'm way better educated than the average person. And I don't understand this shit. Right. So like, I just, I, I want somebody who is smart and I want somebody who's going to listen to experts in the white house. And yeah. Yang is that, but in terms of the cryptocurrency thing, talk me through it. Why do you think this policy is good? I mean, so again, I like, I like the fact that he even has a policy around this issue. That is impressive that, enough for me, but I want to understand from somebody who's actually working in cryptocurrency, why, why, right. why like this particular policy? So he really understands it, which is incredible. Um, because going after, you know, there's a lot of people in the cryptocurrency space that are just like wild Westerners. They're like, Hey, we don't want any regulation at all. I'm like, yeah. Okay. That's dumb and not going to happen. Right. So, but having, having a really simple set of rules will be uh, an amazing way for innovation to start happening in this space. What cryptocurrency is going to allow us to do, like basically right now, Federal, the Federal Reserve is the only way to make money, right? Uh, to like actually make U.S. dollars, right? Yeah. To, to, uh, to manage the, the supply or whatever. The U.S. dollar is basically a cryptocurrency at this point, right? Mm -hmm. You can yeah, get paper true. versions of it, but that's really all that it is. Yeah. Um, and so what, what the larger version of cryptocurrency is doing is, is, is expanding on this idea that you can make any kind of token or coin that you want to make, like I'm an idiot and I figured out how to do it in two months, right? Which I think is relevant because like the, 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 um, the ability to create uh, tokens that are fungible, meaning you can actually trade them, uh, yeah. but meaning they, they can be imbued uh, uh, with, with value and will be very secure because they're built on other blockchains that are completely secure, like as, secu as secure as any bank, right? So you can't just like make more of it or whatever. Like it can't be uh, um, duplicated Right. outside the system that it's trying to be uh, built in. Um, it basically okay, yeah, takes... Yeah, yeah. So wait, I just want to make sure I'm following you. So what I'm yeah, hearing, yeah. and I, I like the sound of this, what I'm hearing is, you know, like basically one way that people in the government have, have proposed trying to deal with this whole cryptocurrency thing is they want to outlaw them and say like, no, we want to have a monopoly on being able to create currency. Nobody else can create currency. And Yang's not taking that position. Right. Another, another, another way people address it is like, well, we don't want any regulation on this at all. We should just like have the wild west where people, you know, it's basically Mad Max. Anybody can do whatever they want. Just yeah. do like, you know, black market, you can buy and sell, buy and sell like sex slaves on the black market, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Just let it all happen. And then there's the threading the needle middle way that Yang's proposing, which sounds completely sane to me, which is basically, yes. look, we're going we're gonna to decentralize the ability to create money so that it's not only in the hands of the Federal Reserve that like other people can create money, um, but we're going to regulate it in such a way that like there's basic rules that everybody has to play by and so yes. we can actually keep an eye on what's going on. It's not just the total Mad Max universe. Right. Like, so so, the, so int the interesting way to start 
kind of picturing how this works is, you know, you go to uh, Starbucks and they give you a card that you know gives you like Starbucks cash or whatever, right? That's effectively a cryptocurrency. The difference between that and Shipple is that you can use Shipple for anything, not just at Starbucks, right? Mm-hmm. Or like any time that I actually get it into someplace, which I may or may not ever do, right? But like it's, it's possible to, to do that. And it's tradable with any other cryptocurrency uh, on the EOS blockchain. So that's, that's the utility token kind of thing. That's sort of what, what that's for. But you will have securities where a company says, okay, I'm going to release 100 million blah, blah, blah tokens. Uh, somebody steal that name. That'd be fucking really funny. Um, but it's sp- explicitly for starting this company. And then anyone who owns this will have uh, securities type rights around dividends with this company uh, and shares of ownership and that kind of thing. Right? So other you know, people are doing that and there's really no rules not there's no coherent rules around how to uh, uh, to get registered for that. Like there's some, but it's different everywhere, and right. like to the point where everybody just wants to ignore it because it doesn't even really mean anything anymore, right? Yeah. So basically, Yang is just saying like, look, there's this whole thing that's going on, and the government is completely asleep, and they're not doing anything. Yes. <laughs> like we can't have we can't have huge check part huge chunks of the economy that, yep. that, that w- there's no there's no basic rules. So like that goes back to like um, I've said, said this before, but like Adam um, Smith is sometimes called the founder of um, the father of, uh, of modern capitalism. Like one of the arguments that he made in the wealth of nations is that you need to have, you need to have some kind of a state in order like to at a minimum to like set the basic rules for trade. Right. Yep. So right now we, it's like a pre-capitalist, it's kind of like a pre-capitalist world out there in cryptocurrency and we need to move it into the next stage of capitalism or even just our current stage of capitalism, let alone the, the next stage that Yang wants to go to. He's yep. saying like, look, we need to, we need to just have those, like the state needs to come in and say like, okay, this is a thing people are doing. Here are the rules of the game because right now it's not clear what the rules are. Yeah, it, that is a really good way to put it. And, like people are trying to different agencies and, and jurisdictions are trying to all apply rules at the same time. It's just it's just a big old mess. Uh, inherent in this, and I'll read through the, the rest of them, you know, in the, in this context. But inherent in this is actually the net neutrality argument of cryptocurrency as well, even though it's explicitly it's not explicitly stated. It's basically saying we need those basic rules of the road, like you were talking about. But the underlying idea that suddenly people will be able to start playing with these technologies and uh, these technologies and find out all the different things that we can do with it. I personally think that it'll make wall street obsolete, right? Like it, in, in, in a very, very important way that, that can change markets all over the world in an extremely positive way. Uh, Cause right now there's, there's been gatekeepers that uh, will allow, you know, uh, which companies are going to be able to, to, to go for funding, which companies won't, oh, who can actually fund it, who can do this, who can do that or whatever. And those rules are just, they're going to go away. So- you're saying it'll make it easier for startups to raise money. 100%. 100%. Elaborate on that because I don't fully understand how that's so. Developed. Basically, right now, well, if you're right, right now, if you go through the normal sort of uh, uh, um, SEC, Wall Street kind of thing, right? Say, like, we have a company, we want to actually uh, uh, do an IPO, right? Uh, well, first, we usually have to go through Series A and Series B funding, uh, which basically means that only people with over a quarter million dollars can talk to us. Um, like at all, like in, in liquid assets, uh, because they're sophisticated investors, right? right? right. Which I mean, is, is a giant, uh, don't even get me started on that. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So that's a, I, I think, I think I hear you. I mean, if you, if you wanted to be first round in Twitter, you had to be worth a quarter million dollars first. Right, right, right. No, I get that. I mean, I'm just saying that I'm just saying that there, I mean, I guess I'm playing devil's advocate, but, but like, I mean, the reason for rules like that is they don't want you know, hucksters coming in and conning people out of their life savings. 
the, the, that end state is something we definitely want to get in on. Yeah. Um, yeah. The way to do that is not to, to basically instill things that can cause permanent oligarchy. Right, right. No, I, I yeah, right. absolutely. It's, 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 it's a, really it was, it's a good so goal. Like, it's a bad solution. Yeah, so like you, you, this, that's actually an example of like, you have good intentions. You don't want people to get taken advantage of, but in right. fact, what ends up happening is that you make it so that the average person can't afford to invest. It's, it's the investing welfare cliff in reverse. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of it that way before. That makes perfect sense. You're right. absolutely right. And if you want to launch like an actual, you know, IPO, you've got basically two or three major exchanges that you have to convince it's a good idea whole thing and you basically have to go through you have to be sponsored by one of the large banks in the country because that's the system as it's currently uh uh sort of uh, uh as it exists right now right with this there would be a simple regulatory uh process for registering your securities token and then you just do it mm-hmm. that's it yeah no that sounds like an improvement to me that sounds right like that, that's and it's just- all it's all tracked like a, the, the one of the coolest yeah. things about the way blockchain works is that it it, it it is a sort of a, a public private ledger, right? Everyone can read all of the right. data. They just don't know whose account is which or whatever, right? So you've got personal privacy, but the data is very, very out there. Right. So that's why, that's why blockchain voting is such a good idea. Oh, it's so, so good. It, it both, it's more secure and more transparent at the same time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think, I mean, um, so, okay. What I'm hearing is that it's this unregulated, like, like basically we want the sweet spot. We always talk about the sweet spot that came up in our values discussion, right? So right. Yang's trying to find the sweet spot here, right? Yes. You don't want the government saying, no, we must have a monopoly as the all powerful authoritarian state on printing money. You don't want that. But you also don't want the, the opposite extreme of that where it's like, this is, this is total chaos, Mad Max universe, everything goes, right? right. Yang's saying like, let's find the sweet spot that maximizes individual freedom, but also has just enough state so that like people aren't, getting totally fucked over right so that and so that there's competition right and so that there's clarity like right now there's three different jurisdictions uh that are all trying to say that tokens are different things and so companies can't get started in the states at all because they have no idea what to do oh let's just get this guy elected i'm telling you right now like this even just on this like the needle that he's threading here. And it, to, to your point, uh, with all the arguments we have about the other candidates, yeah. it does speak to how he will handle, like how, the whole adage, like how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah. It's so clutch. You can read any one of these policies and get an idea about how the rest of them are going to get threaded. Yeah, no, I kind of, I see the candidates in like a hierarchy and Yang is just head and shoulders above everybody else. I mean, in terms Standing of- on a ladder on top of a large hill. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of understanding something like this out of the front runners, I would say Warren would be in second place and it's a distant second. Only because she understands Wall Street. Yep. Yeah. Like she understands, but she, and she's just, she's just, she's frankly has a higher IQ than Sanders or Trump. Um, She's, she, she's a smarter person than them, but like Yang is like way above her. I mean, she's a distant second in terms of understanding this stuff and, and, and and Yang's policies are just way better. Yep. So I guess we should wrap this one up. Um, A few more little things. Uh, So yeah, clarifying the tax implications of owning, selling or trading digital assets as somebody who has done all of those things, the tax, uh, the taxes can be really annoying and super scary. Uh, promote the nationwide adoption of recognition of protections afforded uh, by a series LLC. That's kind of speaking to the startup process that uh, uh, that I was talking about. Preempt state regulations when possible to create one national framework. There are some states like Wyoming, for example, uh, that is uh, uh, making regulations around cryptocurrency mining and, and, and different uh, taxonomies uh, that uh, 
we basically want to make sure that there's no confusion between states. Uh, and what he's really saying there, now that I'm thinking about it, is that Wall Street can't dictate shit. Fuck you, New York. So okay, that you know that that's having a national framework would basically allow everybody in the country to have the same rules of the road, so there's no confusion. That's well. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, states' rights and decentralized power are something that I generally advocate. But it, it would make sense that when it comes to something like this, you don't want you don't want to have you want you want to have like the reason we have a federal government is because there are some things that are just like basic like that you just want to have basic rules for competition and, you know, states can experiment with tweaking and around the edges of stuff. But like, right. you, yeah, you don't, you would, you don't want a situation where, I mean, like it or not, it's the 21st century. And when you're trading cryptocurrency, it shouldn't matter whether it's in Nevada or Utah. <laughs> well, right. And, and, you know, with the, the way the SEC and the way that states regulate some of those things, right. You know, I could go in and I could do a really basic security token somewhere and then the SEC could come and fucking take everything I have ever owned ever. Jeez. Right? And this, honestly, this is why Binance won't, for a long time, wasn't even doing business in the United States and why, you know, EOS is an example. EOS is the blockchain that I built Shipple on, right? They did this giant uh, initial coin offering or ICO. Uh, they raised $4 billion. They had to make sure that everybody who came to the website from the United States did not get into that IPO or ICO at all. Because the SEC could go in and literally take everything that they have ever owned if one person who is a U.S. citizen complains. That is absolutely terrifying. And, well, and so, globally, yeah. globally, no, that's, dude, that's, it's boy, crazy. Is, yeah, no, that's some, that's some scary big government crap. It that's really ain't like global big government crap. As the guy who like never says that, it's real in this. It really is. Yeah, no, I hear you. All right. So vote for Andrew Yang, everybody. Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang. Taco. He's our taco. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for listening to the moving forward podcast uh, we are so excited to be bringing this to you and we're so excited about the uh the awesome community the yang gang that's growing up around the candidacy uh, of andrew yang uh, if you could Please tag us on Twitter with the hashtag Moving Forward Pod and uh, find and join the Moving Forward Podcast uh, group on Facebook. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.